Corona could go fuck herself at this point because I don't know what the hell she's doing, but she's messing up everything. Like, it's okay when you fuck up my plans. But when you start fucking with my money, we all got a problem. So, Corona, we about... <laughs> we're going to have to tough it out. And you're going to have to leave because I'm not doing with you. I'm not doing this with you anymore. Like, you came here uninvited with all your cousins and y'all done swept over a whole nation and now you got an attitude with us and you don't want to go anywhere sis we will evict you we will deport you we, whatever however we can get you out of here you're gonna go back to fucking china because we didn't ask for this you went over there for a reason now stay there stop coming over here trying to take them up i'm sick of tired of it hope y'all are okay hope everyone is maintaining staying healthy staying six feet apart and washing your hands the correct way please and I ask that once Corona's over, that you guys continue to wash your hands and be clean and buy Lysol and buy bleach and all that good shit. You know, I ain't heard too much about roaches since Corona came along because y'all have been having to clean your house. I think about it. If you do this the whole time, you don't want to worry about none of that. <sighs> I know. You guys are probably tired of me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, we ain't really been here. Girl, ain't no mosquitoes outside. Well, I also don't be outside like that. Birds is to a minimum. This is good, but Corona gotta go. Mm-mm. But okay, so one before I before I get into the topic, I'm recording in my house mid morning. I usually record in the wee hours of the night, so I'm not interrupted or anything. So y'all about to get whatever interruptions that we get, and we're gonna roll with the punches because this is raw material that we give you guys, and we don't edit anything out. So that is just a heads up. Two, if I get a little choked up in this episode, we're going to blame Shay because this topic was her idea, okay? And if I start crying, just rub the screen of your phone in a circular motion. That's the equivalent to patting me on the back. And then shoot me a a DM or a text message and just ask me if I'm okay. (laughs) I'm going to be okay though while I'm recording this, but should I get a little choked up? Um, You know, get Oh shit. See, look at that. Um, so this topic is called, well, my episode is going to be called, oh, it's going to be, <laughs> I just got a weird text message, sorry. It's going to be called Dear Baby Not, and, um, I'm going to be reflecting, <sighs> reflecting on my childhood, and I'm going to be giving my younger self some advice that I wish I could have, I wish I would have had while I was growing becoming an adult and all that type of shit so please take everything that i'm telling you and if you know a kid if you if you see a younger kid give them some of this advice um because i wish i had this advice growing up and all that good shit so let's start by describing my childhood so i was born february 15th 1997 to the dolphins family because my dad was out there um so my mom named me Naomi Alicia Dawkins. Yes, I just gave y'all my whole government and date of birth. But it's okay. I trust y'all. Y'all can't do much with it anyways. So yeah. Um, so there's that. We I was born in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Now I lived on the east. Um on William Street. If you know that area, you know like it's a pretty dope area. It, well back in the day it was pretty dope. I grew up in an era where um every household fended for themselves however the neighbors on my street were they were my village if i was doing something wrong they reprimanded me and they told my family um 
if my family could not do something, they, the block came together and made sure that it happened. Uh, we weren't poor or anything like that, but it, we were just a unit, you know, like William Street. I remember growing up um, in a two-family house, so on the first floor was my family, on the second floor was the Johnson family, and we were super fucking close. Um, to the left was my friend, my childhood friend, Nia, um, and I forgot the family's last name, but it was like Angela, Tamika, Zion, Paul, that family. I don't remember everyone in the family, but them. Um, and like we, and then on the other side was the Haitian family, the Nepals, who I fucking love. And then on, they live in a two-family house, so the Nepals live on one side, and then on the other side of the Nepals were, I don't remember the fucking other Haitian family's name, but it was like Cooksey, Wadna, Jean, like, it was, it was, I remember shit. And across the street, now I don't really remember everyone from across the street, but I remember this one blue house, his, <laughs> the family, I don't remember the family's name, but the father's name was Carlos, and we used to call the rest of them Carlos' family, so that's that. Um, and we were really together. It was really, I knew that I felt safe in my neighborhood, regardless of what, like, don't get me wrong, there were fights, um, and shit like that. We weren't exposed to shooting or anything, but like, you know, some bitches came up on me, you want to try to come on my block, fight, bop, 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 that shit happened. But everybody on our block made sure it was a clean fight. You ain't gonna do no crazy shit. You gonna fight her. Y'all not jumping nobody. The kids remained safe and out of it. All the kids on my block um, that were in that small area of our street, we all played together. So there would be times when we'd be in each other's backyards. I remember, <laughs> okay, so I was like maybe five, seven, between five and seven. Um, and I was making a mud pie with Nia and Paul's daughters. I don't remember their names. They were over there. They didn't, they were, they didn't live in the house, but they would visit him. We were over there making our pies, and I gave them girls my mom's Milano's. <laughs> my mom was so mad, but um, I like they used to feed the neighborhood. I was feeding the neighborhood, but I was giving out the wrong food. Um, so yeah, that was that. Uh, I lived very comfortably. Like my house was very comfortable. Um, had my own space. I for the most part I've always had my own space. Um, I just didn't like having to share a bigger space with other people. Like I don't, I ain't like the people in my house sometimes. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that. We're pretty close. It was kind of like, it's kind of like a movie. Like now that I'm thinking about like how I grew up compared to how my siblings are growing up, it's kind of like a movie. Like it seemed perfect. Um, we had a bodega and all that type of shit. Like bodegas back in the day are totally different than the bodegas now. And was my experience okay? Of course, I would walk to the store as an adult, but as I became like five, six, seven, maybe like six or seven, I was able to like walk from my house to the store by myself, and the adults on the street would just watch. Like they would stick their heads out on the porch and be like, "Ah, right, she crossed the street, she good." <laughs> and then they would watch as I, oh, here she coming back out of the store. Um, but in the bodega, I used to go to. So the, the bodega near me was called Bayamon. Well, Spanish don't, and it was Carlos, Carmelo, and Jamie. Those are the people I remember that were in the store all the time. It's the little poppies. Um, they had the best sandwiches, all that shit. But I used to go to the the corner store, and okay, 
Y'all know the little ice creams? They were like cotton candy flavored and they had the gum at the bottom. I used to stock up on them shits with some fucking, y'all know the, um, the watermelon lollipop? Yo, that was a crazy ass mixture. With my cold water, you couldn't tell me nothing. That's the equivalence for me right now. That combo is the equivalence of going to Buffalo Wild Wings, getting Asian wings, Asian zing wings, and a fucking knockout lunch. Like, <laughs> I used to just chill. That was a thing. Um, I was also growing up. I was a tomboy, so if you if you've ever been around me, you see my life. I have mad scars, I cuts and shit. <laughs> I used to be on the bikes, flipping off them shits. I was one of those girls who the guys on my street. It wasn't too many, too many girls on my street, but like the guys, they were doing like wild ass shit. I used to put y'all you know the quarter wars, the small ones that were in the plastic container. We used to put them in the back of the tire like the get on a dirt bike. I did shit like that. <laughs> I did shit like that. Like, I remember as a kid just being so free. Um, I used to watch the same three channels all the time, though. Like, PBS Kids. I don't remember the other two. But I remember PBS Kids just doing my shit. I used to watch Reading Rainbow, Between the Lions, Zoom. Y'all remember Zoom? Come on, Zoom. Oh, that was my shit. Um, what was that? Bill Nye the Science Guy. Bill Nye the Science Guy. Doom, 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 doom. That's my shit. I used to think I was a scientist. Um, so yeah, that was, that was that. My favorite memory. Hmm. I guess just gathering with my family. Because back in the day, gathering with my family is totally different than what it is now. We used to sing a lot. Like, we'd be in the house and somebody would bust off singing. Oh, God, excuse me. We used to just join on and have a nice little random ass outburst and it was nice and smooth niggas ain't argue nothing like that but now that's not that's not necessarily the case um but I, I remember those times I would be super excited to just be with my family um most of my cousins were older than me so my experience with them you hear me talk about it now like Kayla's the cousin that's like closest to me that I actually hang out with and all that type of shit but like Shaniqua and Michael and they were all super older than me they're like 30 now them niggas was old. <laughs> so I didn't really have, like, I had a bond with them because they were around, but not really. Um, I remember, like, going places with my grandfather. My grandfather drove a Harley. And that's where my love for, someone just screamed in here. Um, that's where my love for motorcycles came in. I used to be on the motorcycles and shit. And it became more of a thing when I was a teenager. But I don't, I probably won't own a motorcycle or anything. That's too much maintenance for me. Um, but things like that I, I loved, and that's clearly not something that I can do. Um, what have okay, no, boom. What did you love about Baby Nye? Okay, Baby Nye was super fucking shy. Like, <laughs> I know it's fucking hard to believe, but I was shy. Um, my girl, okay, I'm gonna try and describe my grandmother to you guys. My grandmother is about 5'8, five, 5'7, five, and she wears flowy skirts all the time. Um, my grandmother's a very bold woman, very loud woman when she speaks. She, when she walks in the room, you know she's in the fucking room. And I always love that about her, but I would hate having to talk to 
skirt. Chill out up in there. I used to, my grandmother used to sit, like when she sit down in chairs, she used to like, I don't know how she did it, but she would like fix her skirt so that I could sit in it and I would sit in the skirt. It was so fun, but I can't do that now. I'm adult. And I'm probably about the same size as my grandmother now, but um, I was super shy. I, I just loved like, well, my grandmother and my grandfather so much. Um, but I never turned down like an opportunity to do something. Like they, when we were younger, I said, y'all know me, I'm a church kid. So we used to be in church, they'd be like, hey, sing this song. And I'd think I'd want to do it, and I'd cry as soon as I get to the front of the church. Um, but I never tried, even though I cried, I still go, I kept going, I never stopped. Um, I love that about baby God. I love that she has always been herself, no matter how much of an oddball. Um, I love that she, okay, so... At a young age, I wanted to cut my hair. My mom and then was against it. They were like, nah, you ain't about to do that. That's some pretty hair. And I had amazing hair. Um, I just didn't want to look like everyone else. And that's been my thing. I'm, I don't, naturally, I don't look like everyone else. The way I carry myself, the way I dress, I don't look like everyone else. So why couldn't my whole appearance be a part of that? Um, I love that. I, even though I was shy, I wanted to do very bold things. Um... loved how she smiled all the time I'm not too much of a smiler now unless we're talking about something that I absolutely love I love that she loved endlessly I loved my family like no other baby and I was such a family oriented person I love that about her she was so forgiving extremely forgiving Yeah, that's what I love about Baby Nine. Now, what's changed? Um, okay, so some drastic things have changed. I'm an adult, so, um, unfortunately my grandfather passed away. My uncle, Uncle Ernie, passed away. I moved. No longer my childhood home. Some of the relationships that I had that were very powerful to me and that mean the most to me, that meant the most to me as a child, I no longer have some of them. Um, the relationship between me and my grandmother has altered somewhat. Um, compared to Baby Nye, I'm not shy anymore. I can pretty much get anywhere and do anything. I'll be nervous, but not shy. I'm like, oh. Like, I had to give a speech. I'm like, oh, God, guys. Like, hands are sweating. Minds all over the place. Um, that type of thing. I think for me now, I found somewhat of a peace in looking out to the crowd. Because um, I felt like as a kid, like, because I was so odd, like, no one really understood me. And I'm realizing that when I'm in front of a crowd, people are giving you... Okay, think about this, right? You're going to walk into a stage. People are, they introduce you, people are clapping, right? I am the dog come to the stage, right? Boom. Keep on clapping. When you get there, they, you know, and then you start your speech. When you introduce yourself, or however you do it, um, people are giving you the opportunity to speak. And that's where I found my comfort because I felt like I didn't have a voice as a kid. 
So it's like now that I present, people are like, we want to hear what you got to say. Okay, I'm going to tell you motherfuckers what I got to say too. You may not like it, but I'm going to tell you. Um, so that's what's changed. Um, I'm going my, I cut my hair into so many crazy styles that I love. Um, but I'm growing my hair back out now. I might cut it though. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> um, that, I think that's all the drastic things that changed for me. Um, I don't care as much for people as I did as a kid. I don't care about the relationship with my family as much anymore. Um, it is, it is. If you're here, you're here. If you're not, you're not. Um, I, as a kid, I would, I don't want to say I would cater to the adults in my life, but like, I wanted that connection with them. I wanted to be able to go out and hang out with my uncles and shit like that. Now, I really don't care. If you don't call me, you just don't call me. Don't call me for anything else. That's how I am with that. Um, okay. Let me see. I'm trying to think if I have any more favorite memories. I think going to... <laughs> As a when I was with my a teenager, I beat my mom. We'd always have some sort of like crazy shit happening. I remember we, we got on a high speed chase. It wasn't like with the police. It was like in another car. Like they were talking shit. Niggas talk shit back to them. And niggas tried to follow us. And um, okay, so if you guys don't know Bridgeport, um, if you don't, know, I'm gonna describe it as, as good as I can. So Main Street is one of those like it's a long street in Bridgeport. It's mad fucking long. So if you're going down Main Street toward Trumbull Mall, right? So you're in Bridgeport, you're downtown Bridgeport, you're going toward Trumbull Mall, you just keep going. It's like a 10-minute drive, right? Now, if you're going up Main Street, on your right-hand side is a few different plazas. So right next to each other, you have the Burger King Plaza, you have the little Air Doctor Plaza, and then you have the FYE Plaza. When FYE was a thing, y'all, y'all, I'm talking about FYE now, y'all know how old I am. <laughs> So the plaza, so the street in between the Air Doctor Plaza and FYE is a one-way street. So we're going, going, going. My mom's like, yo, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm a loser, I'm a loser. And we turned down the one-way street and we got to do a fucking U-turn to come back down. And these niggas are still on our asses. I don't remember where we fucking, where we lost them, but we lost them niggas. My favorite restaurant as a kid was Ruby Tuesdays. And I would go get the chicken parmesan pasta with the birds and strawberry daiquiri. I thought I was doing shit. Um, now my favorite food is fucking wings and Hennessy. Jesus Christ, pray for me. Um, but yeah, that's that. So, now to some of the heavier things. So, what am I doing now compared to what I plan to do? Okay, so, I was adamant that I was gonna be a mortician. And I probably still can do that with my life. Please hold as I take a sip of coffee. Okay, I was adamant that I was going to be a mortician. I paired up with um, Mr. Peterson's from the Peterson Funeral Home. I was cool with it. Um, and then, I don't know really what took a turn for, for me. I think I became more, I wanted to express myself more. So I kind of moved on from that, trying to find out ways I could um, endlessly express myself. And I wanted to be a mortician because I felt like I could I could comfort these people and be the comfort that they need when they when their families were at their most saddest points. Because I always felt somewhat sad when it came to some of the stuff that was going on in my family. Um, I really didn't have anyone. And then so this guy from our church, Keith, died. 
and I remember like the whole process with that shit. And I was like, oh, these people like, I wanted to be a mortician before that. And then when Keith died, I was like, oh my God, like, yes, these people, they really make people happy. I could see myself doing this. Um, like imagine like being the last person to help the family feel good while they're about to bury someone. Like I was so into that shit. Um, and then my grandfather died. I was like, nope, this ain't for me. So I'm just going to find out how I'm going to express myself moving forward. And um, that's pretty much writing is how I started expressing myself. Because when I was in middle school, okay, in middle school I had um, a guidance counselor. His name was Mr. O'Donnell. And he bought, he, like, he would talk to me. But I would always give him, like, I'm about to go deep on y'all. So we would talk. Um, so he had a meeting with my mom first. My mom expressed, you know, what I was worried, what she was worried about with me and my whole family. They had this whole little meeting beforehand, and then he would talk to me. And I wouldn't open up because I didn't trust him because he was a man. My dad bounced. I don't trust men. Fuck y'all. I don't want to talk to him. Um, but then when we would have to write pieces for our class, my t- because he was a guidance counselor within school and all that, and he would. He had to be in contact with my teacher. So he would talk to me and he I wouldn't give him anything. <laughs> How are you feeling today? Good. Are you having a good day? Yes. Are you upset? Kind of. Or are you upset? I don't want to talk to you about it. Like That's the conversation I would have with him. And he would like go to my teachers and ask them the same thing. Like, what's going on with Naomi? Like, and they're, oh, well, she's good. And I had this one teacher, Mr. Fucking <laughs> Mr. Heaps. Mr. Hughes is really cool with Mr. O'Donnell. So he'd be like, yo, Naomi's a great writer. Look. And he would get all, he would give him all of my fucking work. Like, look, read this. Read it. Read it. Read it. Um, in Mr. Hughes' class, we had all types of creative writing opportunities. So I would like bomb. I passed his class with a 97. Um, he would always like, like he made sure that I was involved in class. If I missed a day of school, he would call my mom like, what the fuck happened to the kid? Like, <laughs> where is she? Does she want the assignment? And I would always be like, yes, ma, I want the writing assignment. So he would give me the assignment and he would give them to Mr. O'Donnell. So Mr. O'Donnell was like, I got it. I got to get her to write this shit. So I was writing. I told him how I was feeling. And therefore, I could write everything and be as vulnerable as I needed to be behind closed doors but in front of a book. And he would never know how I felt, truly, without having to, you know, witness that emotion with me. And then he would read my stories, and he would write back to me, and then we would meet. Like, okay, how did you feel about what I wrote to you? So that's what it became to me. Like, oh my God, I can write my feelings, and no one ever has to see me cry. Oh my God, I need this. So that's when I became that sort of person. Um, As a kid, like I was telling you guys, I was super shy. And I was shy... And insecure because I always felt like I my father the shit with my father was always something that was weighing on me as a kid but now that's not the case um so career-wise what am I doing I am a visual merchandiser you guys know that um so yeah I've never I in the, I don't think I've ever thought I would be this in tune with the fashion world as a kid like I was not the girly girl that I'm barely a girly girl now but like compared to now me as a, the 23-year-old adult that I am compared to the 13-year-old I was, no. I was wearing Jordans, Vans, DCs, and shit like that back in the day. And now you see me, like, every once in a while with some sneakers on. I've been wearing, like, my loafers and shit like that. but you And, like, my Chelsea boots and shit. But, like, I dress more 
feminine now than I did as a kid, I guess you can say. Um, what else? Um, my hobbies are extremely different. So I used to think that I was going to pursue, like, some type of drawing. I couldn't draw, though. But, like, this creative drawing for my little hobby. I used to think, like, I could be some type of artist when it came to drawing. Now, you can't even... I only draw, like, if I'm doodling on the paper at work because I'm bored in the meeting. Um, that type of shit. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, okay. Let me, let me see. Shay wrote me out some notes. I'm reading them, guys. I'm reading them while they go through. Um, but yeah, my plan, like I was saying, my plans have completely been altered because I took a whole, I was supposed to go left. I done went straight. Now I'm, I'm cooling. Um, do I regret it? No. I'm comfortable with the decisions that I made. And I don't know why it's comfortable because I'm not in a comfortable space. Um, I'm happy with the decisions that I've made. I feel more, I feel a lot freer than what I was feeling then. Um, if I was a mortician, I probably wouldn't be this free. That doesn't mean I can't go back and circle around and go to school to be a mortician. I could probably do it. I'd probably be more successful at it now than I would have if I would have just came out of high school and jumped right into that. Um, let's see. What have you learned so far? Okay. I learned... One of the biggest lessons is to hold on to the people um, that are here and to just cherish them before God takes them away from you. Um, my grandfather, as you guys heard me talk about before, was sick and he got better. He got sick and he got better and then he passed away. Um, the same for my Uncle Ernie. He was sick and he progressed. He got sick again and he passed away. Um, so just to truly cherish that time because it's not promised. Um, I've lost friends. As a child, I've lost friends as a adult um, who's who's died. Um, so life is truly extremely short. Um, I've learned that power. There's power in the tongue. So when you speak something, you are speaking over your life. You are speaking over someone else's life, and that truly um, is a lesson because I would. I'm, oh, I'm dumb. Like see, like you know, you say it playing around, but you're really speaking it into your life or. I'm going to die. You kill me. Shit like that. Like, it, you speaking it into your life and it's happening. You, you know, you're putting it into the atmosphere so it's going to happen to you. And it's not necessarily saying that everything you speak happens, but you just have to be very careful with some of the things that you say. Um, I've learned to put me first, um, which is also something that I'm still struggling with now. Um, but as a kid, I would, like, make sure everyone else was happy. No one was making sure that I was happy. And now... For the most part, I'm doing pretty well. More recent than, than in the past. But I'm doing really well with it. I'm very selfish with my time. Um, I learned that not everyone listens to what I have to say. Uh, to get an understanding of who I am. To get an understanding of how I'm feeling. They listen to what I have to say to defend themselves. To project whatever issues that they're having on me. Um, so I learned how to maneuver in those types of situations. I've learned to only speak once and allow my actions and someone else's actions to speak very loudly. Um, I learned that empty wagons make the most noise, and that alone that that is it is what it is. Um, I, I learned that all men aren't bad men. I learned that all good women aren't good women. If that makes any sense. <laughs> um. I've learned that the person, listen, y'all hear the, some of, y'all hear some of the things that I share on here. 
your cousins could be just as big as haters as outside folks. That's probably the toughest thing that people have to realize, but it is what it is. Um, it's fucked up, yes, absolutely, but... What the, what the hell are we gonna do? And that's the worst thing. I've learned, I've learned, I'm learning, rather, how to um, bounce back from family hurt. Because that shit as a kid would tear me up, but now I, I, I know how to move. It's a little bit different. Last one. Warnings. Please avoid. Okay, please avoid being silly with your heart, little nigh. Don't just let everyone in. Um, think twice. That's how. That's please avoid that. Um, please avoid being overwhelmed by unnecessary people. Cut them off. Um, stop rearranging things in your life so that other people feel like they, you know, fit in. If they don't fit, they don't fit. There's no reason for you to keep changing things. Um, please. Stop dumbing yourself down because you're worried about how somebody else is going to feel. If you are doing amazing, you are doing amazing. If they're not, they need to step the fuck up. It's not you. Um, and I'm going to end right there. That's my that's my little shit. Advice that I can give you guys. Um, when children come to you with certain situations, don't just ignore it because you're old. She's a child that has a vivid imagination. A child knows when they're feeling some type of way. Um, always open up, open up to a child and allow them to open up to you. Obviously, use your judgment. If they tell you some wild shit, tell their parent or tell someone who you know is going to help them. But don't just like listen to the child and just keep the shit to yourself. Because it's going to eat you up. Depending on what it is, it'll eat you up and you're on some crazy shit. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it. I'm... I didn't cry, y'all. I did pretty good. I um thought this was going to be a little bit heavier than what it was for me because the loss of my grandfather is super fucking big. And people, you know, you already, you know how life is. Tomorrow's not promised type of shit. Um, but I lost my grandfather when I was a teenager. I was a freshman in high school. And I remember, like, him being super excited about me graduating high school plans for college and like this plans about being an adult and it's like bro we had these amazing fucking plans and now I don't have that anymore um people are always like oh you know he's still he's here in your heart stop saying that shit <laughs> it's not the same you still feel empty um in fact I remember a lot of my I was in jazz band shit like that my grandfather would come and just oddly enough, he would always sit. So if I was facing the crowd, he would be on my left side. And it's always a thing for me now to like, I always examine the room when I'm in there, but I always examine the left side of the room very heavily just to see who's over there. So to see who's, and there's always a person in the, on the left side of me that's giving me the supporting look, the energy that my grandfather would give me. So that's that. So when I tell y'all, some of my friends, when we're talking, I always say, I'll always be there on the left side. It's for that reason. Um, but Baby Nine was a cool cat. I'll share some pictures with you guys so you can see 
the type of shit I was doing as a kid. But pray for her. I mean, she's blossomed to this really cool person. Um, but still got some blossoming to do. So pray for your girl. Y'all be safe.